0: Welcome to another episode of the Sovereign Soul series with Caleb and Matt, where we talk about different aspects of how it is to be a sovereign soul in a physical body on this planet at this time, with technologies like Bitcoin and Nostr and so on and how we can use these sovereign digital tools to help us become sovereign individuals or sovereign souls today we have another discussion where we talk about claiming our movement patterns behaviors on this planet not only in our home but how we can use authentic action also outside in society, even though we have been conditioned to behave according to our culture and so on. So shedding those filters from the outside and act from inside. Which can be a scary process and that's why we are discussing this here to become more used to the idea of being vulnerable and true to ourselves also in the public space so let's jump into the conversation now
1: i think for me right now one thing that and i kind of i don't know it kind of gives me like this feeling of being trapped almost is um i feel trapped by my habits like i feel like i have uh, i have this schedule for how my day is supposed to look you know i go and take our load of daycare go to the gym and come back and you know do something on my computer and then you know, eat lunch, and then go and pick up Arlo after a while. And it's like, I feel like those habits are limiting to me. Um I sort of like have these grander visions of just going out and kind of like Sama did today where he just walked and let his visions guide him. But um when I consider that, it's like I have such a hard time trusting. It's like, where do I even go? Where do I take that first step, you know?
0: I had sort of almost like a Truman Show experience in Thailand where I smoked some weed. And it's legal in Thailand now, by the way. It's been for one year i didn't even know so it's shops everywhere (laughs) and it's plants everywhere it's like
1: yeah everybody's an entrepreneur in thailand aren't they
0: yep uh so it's this smell sort of constantly around you and um, then it was really i felt like you you described there i felt this i felt trapped like almost like um claustrophobia in my own patterns and i had to i had to break free and it was really really scary uh, to to take those steps and just break habits so yeah i got really got this sense for the familiar is so safe but it's holding us back and then just small changes opens up many possibilities and give us this freedom feeling so for example what i did it was like i was in this room usually i have a family room but in this place they only have small rooms so i had my own and it was like everything inside a room felt familiar because I'm so used to moving my body any way it wants to because I've been doing this for a long time. So it's like that doesn't do it for me. Like like whatever I do physically in a closed space that is in front of other people is a different story. So feeling like claustrophobia in my own limitations of like okay i'm i'm here at it's at the end like i've done everything i mastered everything in this room like it's nothing i can do that would challenge me it felt too safe and it felt safe in a bad way so i just walked out in the middle of the night and then it was really like a completely new adventure opened up. And it was like, and I had smoked, right? So everything was uh, very, very, very different. And it was a different country. And, you know, people you never seen. And the only thing you can do is to trust your programming. So, and it basically this feeling of you will know what to do when when it is like in the moment you will get your guidance in the moment and this is the thing that we are so afraid of trusting this guidance in the moment so that's why we choose habits rather than guidance because the world is super scary when we don't have a plan and to just move one step at the time and then like okay now people think probably i walk slowly and now people think i should do something and then it's this process of sovereignty like like i am a human i'm on earth i don't need to like bend the knee to anyone and i don't need to behave according to anyone else's idea of what is appropriate behavior you see what i mean so it's like whatever you do it's like you feel challenged from people and their ideas their fixed ideas and it opens up doors and it's like sovereign soul is here it's like this is what sovereign soul is about and this is what i did today also it's like like, when I don't have a vision, I just stop. <laughs> and then people look walking past me, and I'm like, oh, they probably think I'm weird just standing here. And then I feel some, like, habits, like, oh, look a little bit like that. Like, look busy or, you know, like, look on your phone or something like that. To fit in, right? But then I refuse to do that, of course, because then I would bend a knee to their worldview, which why, why would I? The to their worldview, I believe in my perception of the world, not theirs. So it's this my walks. They're sort of self-sovereign walks when I'm just claiming my space on this planet and saying "fuck off," I can do whatever, <laughs> whatever I want, <clears throat> whenever I want. And it's like I've been doing this inside my own houses for so long that it doesn't challenge me anymore so now it's like mm-hmm. i'm going out to do it
2: it's interesting you bring up this <laughs> walking because well it's like so revealing of how like you can think of this worldview like that the collective is holding uh, one time it's like this web well it's an entire belief structure and it's like encoded into your body and then when you exercise your your real self and you step outside of that encoding for for a small second even it's like the whole world looks at you and goes what are you doing (laughs) like i I was going to the gym and the trainer said i should practice walking backwards because it's like building leg muscle so then i decided to start walking backwards on the street in toronto and just everyone turns and looks at you and it's like
0: (laughs) what are you doing
2: and then another example that was It was super cold out here. So I bought one of those hats that are like, they go over your face too. So it's like you only, only your eyes and nose, are viewable. And you put that on and you walk down a busy street. (laughs) It's the same thing. Everyone's looking at you like, what are you doing? But I wanted to do it, so I just kept wearing that because it was freezing out, and I wanted to be warm. So yeah, it's just like, it's so highly regulated. As soon as we step into a social situation, there's a universe of behavioral expectations, and those have a kind of gravity to to them, like the like the the block the bitcoin blockchain it's like every block is like heavier and heavier and heavier and then like every time we give ourselves to this collective belief structure it gets heavier and heavier and heavier because more of our self is like charging those belief structures so then you start acting in the way you're speaking about and you're like it's it's disorienting to other people because that structure starts falling apart for them when you aren't acting within it so then they start feeling uh, unsafe
1: Matt I feel like this is a good spot for you to if you're comfortable with it to talk about your experience doing your, like your little dance parties with your family and overcoming kind of those like awkward social norms. Can you relate to that?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing to bring up. Well, I guess in a family, like you have these kind of these levels or, simultaneous overlays of behavior expectations so you have the like society one and then within the family there's all these dynamics and patterns that have existed and some are very entrenched there's aspects of each of our egos that feels safe within them for A long time we've been like getting together once every couple weeks and having dinner and then a couple of us have some glasses of wine and my mom starts playing the music really loud (laughs) there's like always this argument of you're playing the music too loud because we want to have, like, a discussion, like an intellectual discussion. And these discussions get pretty, like, heated. Well, there's a lot of repeating patterns in the themes of the discussions. So we're just, like, replaying these old patterns over and over. But really, like, I recognized my mom was playing the music loud, perhaps to just, like, get us... And it's an intuition to like have the family be more embodied rather than repeating these like intellectual patterns. So I stepped out of the pattern like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue to, to turn the music down. I'm just gonna start dancing with you because it seems like that's the the real invitation here. And just started dancing and then felt great. And she was super happy to have me engage in this embodied activity. And then everyone else started dancing and actually saw my mom and dad dancing together, which I've never seen in my life. And so now like it feels like we've had a a couple subsequent dance parties and um it's just like a new a new pattern that is a lot different and allows a different part of ourselves to each come out and play as opposed to this like there's just a lot of ego in the old pattern where you're trying to be right in in political discussions and stuff like that and then you start dancing and you the first thing i realized is like how difficult not to feel awkward at first and i think we all the whole family felt like that a little bit but then you start dancing you're grooving a little more and then like you you start to like authentically move and Maybe there's like a, a lot more communication between us happening there because we're being more our real selves in this embodied form.
1: I think the thing that's so interesting with family dynamics, you know, versus just like doing some of these weird behaviors in front of complete strangers is that with the family you kind of have the you know you have these attachments you've got the attachments to to what these people think of you and then also they also are attached to you so there's like this symbiotic attachment that's kind of restricting your behavior. So it's actually kind of funny because for me, theoretically, I think it would be easier for me to, in fact, I know it's easier for me because I've done this before. I go, it's like, if I go to a concert by myself, it's much easier for me to go and just have a good time in the crowd by myself. But if I was to envision having all of my family at that concert, it's like, completely changes the dynamic in the way that I want to act.
2: Well I guess that's reflected also in like people don't want their parents seeing them on social media like teenagers.
1: They block their parents. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So they're just like they don't want to dance in front of their own parents, you know, and don't want to be themselves in front of their own parents and the family from like a rational standpoint is they're supposed to be the ones that love you the most they're supposed to be the ones that care about you the most and but it's almost like because the entire unit is so focused outwardly that like the attachment to fear is is amplified through these groups and they're like collectively they're so scared for everybody to act themselves that they might be i don't know rejected by society or something like that where you know that they might not be able to to survive and thrive in the world just being themselves so it's like the protection mechanism of the family unit is the unit is so strong one of my favorite things to do to try to tear tear down fears is to like do what's called fear setting where you just kind of envision kind of the extreme you know in like a in a family scenario so if i envision the extreme of what would be like the the most unacceptable you know behavior in like the like a family unit and or like what are the things that you really aren't supposed to do socially um and i think like the the place where i kind of start is okay first of all we're not going to hurt the other person so we're not going to throw things at them we're not going to hit them i mean you know we're not going to scream so loud it hurts their ears this type of thing and then you also have to be respectful of their stuff so okay i'm not going to run around and smash things on the floor and you know i'm not gonna like rub a bunch of dirt on the walls or something like this i'm just you know again just imagining extremes but then outside of that everything is pretty much a construct so like if i was just to break out and sing randomly you know the only thing that i have to fear is the judgment of my family or if i were to just like burst out and start speaking gibberish or dance or whatever it's all just like a fear of of judgment in these social scenarios so like you've got you've got like the respect patterns to so the respect to other people's sovereignty respect other people's bodies and i guess their property as well which is also, I guess, kind of a construct, but but then outside of that, it's like, what is really holding you back from dancing or singing or you know, just like having a super fun time, having a really good time just being yourself, and I think if you envision doing this in front of strangers, it's way easier. When I've gone to a concert by myself and just had a good time and just let loose in the crowd, what's awesome is that Even in that moment, I don't, I know that those people aren't going to remember it. It doesn't matter. We're just, we're all just there having fun. So like, imagine now shifting that, that sense of like being so carefree that it just doesn't matter. And moving that in now into the family union, into your family situations, it's like how much freer you can be, just be yourself and not have to worry about what they think. I don't know, I think it's, I think that's really, really powerful.
2: Yeah, because it's like the moment you're, you really bring yourself your yourself out, then those expectations loosen for everyone. Because you're like crumbling the structure. So this like social fear is like it's basically the distance between
1: For me I think it's the distance between the present and what you perceive the future to be. I mean your perception of the future in the end doesn't matter because that's always going to change and also it's not right now you're only living right now you're not living in the future in the past you're alive right now and so that's the dis- difference to me the difference is just like mm-hmm. you're so relying on the future and
2: yeah this is getting out like there's there's like this set of structure like belief structures in the family unit or in the society and then you come in and you want to you're going to do something different and call it authentic action like if it was an equation it would be like the difference between the expectation and the authentic action equals the degree of fear so it's like if you act a little bit outside like of that. the that's thing, that's really good. If you act a little bit outside of the thing, then it's like this is like a tiny bit of fear, but but you do it because it's you know, and then maybe it's the 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 authentic action is like really far from the expectation, so the fear there is uh, more animated. Think about someone like David Bowie or something like—he's a unique person, right? (laughs) He comes in and he's really shaking things up.
1: I think a lot of artists are hailed for their authentic action, and David Bowie seemed like he definitely had a lot of authentic action. I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, at the beginning, artists are being super authentic and then they eventually develop an attachment to, you know, the status and the sort of like the facade of love that they get from their audience. So maybe it, it kind of shifts into like a forced, like a fake authentic action. But, you know, when somebody's able to be, true to themselves it really seems like people are attracted to it people are like this is this person is so weird but i find it so intriguing and inspiring that this person could just be themselves and and not care and and then on top of it what they've created what they're creating the music they're creating in their art or whatever is also attracted to me like i enjoy listening or looking at this
0: yeah being ourselves is the easiest thing to do but it's also the hardest thing to do and i I think a turning point can be when when we realize that everything is just frequencies so a fear frequencies you can feel it as whatever you want so you feel a fear then okay that's a fear that's a frequency it's like a note on a piano so it was interpreted as something negative in the past and was it a fear or was it the interpretation that that made things sort of bad and I find often that it's the interpretation. So if we look at that fear as something positive, like it's like energy, it's like, it's giving me new inspiration. And another concept of a similar style is that in personal development, we call this the shadow and we could just as well say that this is our higher self that we're stepping into because the shadow is basically like a bunch of frequencies that we have pushed away uh, because they were causing us trouble it's about integrating the shadow and if we interpret the shadow as something bad and then we will sort of experience oh this terrible shadow is coming in and it's making my life crap but i started seeing the shadow more as it's like my higher self it's just like a little bit in an unpure state you can say but when i then have like a positive filter so to speak then this shadow self or false identity or confusion basically then it's like wow i have uh, like another part of me to discover and like i can't wait it's really it's like our programming or our unconscious beliefs play a very big part in this it's like we inherit in interpretations from family and society and we have the ability to just change them we can sort of create our own reality in that way that we change the meaning of things
1: yeah i know you've told me before sama be careful what you wish for because it's like everything that you believe if you if you believe it to be true then it is and uh Really, one of my favorite quotes is from Henry Ford, which is, uh, "Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right." And um, I mean, it basically explains what truth is. Truth is, uh, truth is what you make it to be. So, so long as you believe something to be true, then it is. But the reality is, is that it actually isn't true, because you're making it true by believing it so if you were to not believe that thing if you were to believe that you know it is a scary and difficult thing to be your true self if you believe that's that's true then it is then it makes it hard but if you reframe it as just frequencies and patterns these are things that are resultant of our dna and our life experiences and now I'm becoming aware of them and it's just as easy for me to let it go as spilled milk, then then it will be. So that's the power of our sovereignty.
0: But could there be a difference between changing one subjective belief for another subjective belief you know, then we sort of build our own illusion so so if we say okay this is a negative experience I want to create it to a positive experience but the underlying vibe here is that at the end of the day it is a positive creation like or otherwise, we have to argue argue that sort of fear is stronger than love. But um, if we think it's a positive creation, then it's not really about reprogramming our beliefs. It's more about realizing the truth. So if we say fear, right? Like, okay fear and it's like that and i can try to convince myself now oh, this fear is it's good then i'm still sort of locked into sort of building my own illusion and sort of trying to protect myself from from something i deem negative and so it's like beyond that fear is negative or beyond that fear is positive it's like maybe it's just is it just is and then we don't even need a model for it so then it's just what it is so maybe the problem is the interpretation in the first place so rather than changing the interpretation we can just get rid Interpretation and just experience truth. truth, and on this path, it's like this: the trust of a kind, loving, unconditional creation. This is what sort of shows up, and we could say that we believe this, or are we that our interpretation is this. But I'm talking about something deeper beyond beliefs beyond interpretations it is this space beyond duality where it's just good the duality is like a frequency range and then neutrality is another frequency range and duality is what I call fiat consciousness and uh, neutrality is what I call the Bitcoin consciousness. So neutrality has quality thoughts. And when we act on those quality thoughts, we get quality experiences. And when we act on dualistic thoughts, we sort of attract the opposite neutral frequencies this is what we should try to like connect with and act from because then we act in harmony with the creation those are like safe frequencies and as we should try to base as many of our actions as we can from those frequencies because then we don't get the dualistic feedbacks we, we always create a win for ourselves a win for others to sort of reference a little bit to previous episodes
2: do you have like a a model of any kind that's like so like imagine you're going to take an action is there a simple evaluation that can be done let's say someone wanted to try acting only on neutral frequencies for a day. So they go to do something. They watch themselves. Is this action coming from neutrality or duality? Is there,
0: is there a little pointer there or something It's easy? So neutrality is in flow and duality is force so if we try to do anything if we try to act from neutrality we we already lost you need to give up everything you need to surrender everything you believed about everything and have be a complete blank slate you can't have any goals you can't have any expectations So usually it takes a a little bit of a time or a little bit of practice. What I found is that imagination works really well. It's like, basically, we have all these programs, we have all these frequencies. And if we don't activate our imagination, we are forced to sort of leaving them out. So our physical reality becomes the feedback system. So we do something and we see the feedback and it's sort of okay that's a pattern that then then we process that let go of that we so we don't stop doing that dualistic thing but in the imagination we can play out simulations of this it's like an interface we can see our programming play out in our imagination And then we can see like the dualistic programming. So if we we have a desire, like I want this. And then if we allow that feeling to sort of, you see yourself doing this, what you want. And then instead of getting a feedback from the physical reality, you get an imagination feedback. So the imagination or feeling, everybody will have like a different sort of interface to this so then you can maybe see in your imagination what happens when you play out that like what people will think or how you will feel then you can understand it and release it from the simulation in your imagination rather than playing it out in physical reality and because it's a dualistic desire you will also figure out why you even wanted to do that desire from the beginning. So it's like clearing the opposition first, then it's like, Oh, wow, yeah, I'm free. And then it's like, Oh, bye. But I'm just doing this because an underlying fear. So then, then you clear both the dualistic force and the dualistic feedback there are two sides of the same coins so every dualistic frequency we have has like a response so doing it in imagination is faster so sometimes it feels like for me like if I meditate one hour I release programs that would have taken me years to play out in physical reality so you can say that is sort of low time preference because if i wouldn't do it in my imagination it would take four years of my life so i can do four years of my life in one hour just example it could be eight years or it could be half an hour but just example of because I can see it play out, and I can imagine—I could imagine—if I do, if I would do it, it would take a long time for me to do it, like building a business, for example, and then figuring out that it was the wrong business, like it was not a good intent. I did it just because of insecurity. So rather than doing that for years, I can play it out in imagination and just like, oh no that's not for me i don't want to do that one this is sort of how we can quicker process holistic patterns and then what do we act on them? when do we stop meditating so if you can live years in hours what do we choose to do and this is where it's like why would i do any patterns why would i act out any old patterns because it's just a waste of time and this is where I'm like okay it's this guidance in the moment this is fresh you're not replaying anything and when you're not replaying you're not creating the feedback loops you don't have to get the negative feedback so it's just like why don't I just act in the moment all the time I never use any patterns that seems to be the most efficient most low time preference most effective way to live
1: yeah this this makes sense to me i was contemplating whether or not to chime on chime in on it because i'm I'm still, I still have difficulty kind of putting it into words. But like my, from my experience, when it comes to following my true self, it, generally it's like experienced as just like authentic curiosity. Like with the conscious. Parenting series. I just this is just something that I really want to learn more about, and these are mo- these are conversations that I just really want to have with people because I'm just genuinely curious about how I should be parenting my kid and what's like the best way to approach this thing because because I just want to know, you know. I think i had a similar journey in in bitcoin i think there were some other motivations um behind wanting to learn more about bitcoin but much of the time it was like this genuine curiosity how does this machine work and what are all of the elements about it i think that's a lot that's a feeling that a lot of big corners can relate to. It's just like there's a genuine desire to experience an expansion of knowledge and experience new frequencies. And the last th- thing that I'll say on that on the topic, because Sama had mentioned, you know, playing things out in in imagination. For the conscious parenting series, it was difficult. I was really, I was having a hard time moving forward with it because I was struggling with the imagination side of it. Like I kept wanting to create a goal, to create an endpoint in this vision of creating a podcast or a podcast series. And I kept attaching myself to those outcomes. So when I was playing that out, it would trigger a lot of fears and stuff. And so what I noticed was happening is I was taking this genuine curiosity and I was, I was building like an expectation around it and like a path, all, all these programs were kind of, you know, uh, distorting it. So it wasn't until I was able to realign with the original intention of the desire to start this podcast, to start talking to people when i realign with that and then move into neutrality about the outcome then i can move then i was able to like move forward with it and experience those frequencies because now what happens is like you know i've got i have a genuine i still have this genuine curiosity i still want to learn and talk with people and now it's like okay, I've got a list of people who, you know, I want to talk with about this subject, but then beyond that, I don't have anything and I'm okay with that. Like I've Mm -hmm. got, you know, five people that I want to talk to on the podcast. And then it's just like, okay. and, And that's it. It either, either I want to continue or it's just, that's it. You know, I've experienced the frequencies that I want to experience. So, so yeah, that's, that's sort of my my perspective on it. As of like,
2: hmm, it was a good, uh, just uh, how you're approaching it. Really, mm, it's just a good reminder. I like, kind of going into these bigger, bigger projects, I'm like thinking about it. Like, how could I structure this? This music thing, or this Bitcoin movie. How can I structure it? But it's maybe it's just just connect with the the vision and just do things, and just know that the
0: structure emerges naturally. yeah whenever we try to do something that's sort of a red flag and we are out of the moment so we just have to be patient and things will just fall into place and that project maybe will be in two years you know sometimes we get visions and maybe in the fiat way we think it's going to happen in the next couple of months but it's going to happen in the next few years so and that's the neutrality about it's like just seeing okay okay interesting and then observing and observing and observing and so like for me it comes to this point where i just do things in flow and like if i try to do something and it's a red flag, as I said. So then I stopped doing it. It's like my trust has grown so strong and my awareness is so tuned into that any strife, any trying, it's just it's just a red flag and it's just a waste of time. So I don't see any reason why I would do anything structured, so I don't. I just trust the flow, I go with the flow, and that's it. All right, thank you very much for your presence here today. And um, let's see what comes next time. Alright guys.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. I always enjoy these.